Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right. This episode is brought to you by Let's Get Checked, the leading provider of at-home health tests. Are you looking to improve your hormone levels? With Let's Get Checked, you can do a simple at-home health test that will give you a complete picture of your hormonal health in just five days. Did you guys know that hormone imbalance symptoms can range from feeling tired all the time to insomnia, breast tenderness, and even a change in blood pressure? Female hormone function is important for a number of different functions, and we've talked about them a lot on the podcast, like PCOS, low of ovarian reserve, early menopause, thyroid issues, and so much more. Your test is delivered straight to your door. All you have to do is self-collect your own blood sample from the tip of your finger, mail it back in a prepaid with a prepaid label, and receive support and guidance 24-7 to offer you personalized advice you need to know about your hormonal health. This week, Let's Get Checked wants to invite you to join their community with a 30% off discount code. Use GIRLLIFE30 for your discount to Let's Get Checked. It's just fabulous. But it is TGL, you know, whatever day it is. And (laughs) we're here because we love you guys. And because our advertisers pay us to be here. Basically, no. (laughs) Oh my Lord. We're not drunk. We promise. We're just high on life because we're about to enter a holiday weekend. We're both about to have babies. Yeah. Well, one of us is about to have a baby. Yeah. I have three more months. Kristen, thank you. Kristen literally is like thinking in her mind. She's like, I get champagne and like champagne's going to be flowing everywhere. Kristen's like champagne and breast milk. Cause my boobs are currently leaking already, you know? Isn't that hot? So sexy. I want to be like, husband, do you think I'm like a pile of sex body over here? Because <laughs> I do. I know. Sexy. Um, huge news. I get my hair done on Friday and I haven't had my hair done since March 2nd. That deserves a round of applause. <laughs> I just gave myself one. Thanks. Guys, someone the other day commented on my Instagram. like, Oh my God, who does your hair? And I was like, no one. Literally. <laughs> No one. It's called COVID. Okay. COVID's a bitch. My natural hair <laughs> is not pretty. My nails. My One of my friends was like, I've never seen you without nails. And I'm like, I know. Welcome to how disgusting I am as a human. I just, it continues to go on and on. People are having like mental breakdowns. I literally know people that are full on having, like had to go to the hospital and had mental breakdowns. And the second they like put us out on a leash, idiots don't know how to control themselves and they pull it all back. I know. Like, if we're not careful, and this might be political, but wear a fucking mask. Yeah. Well, we, we can be political on here. I don't care what anyone thinks, so. Like, if you think that not wearing a mask makes you cool, it's not. Just wear a mask because then we can at least go to restaurants because they're just going to keep yeah. pulling back shit that we can't do. No, I know. But, and I mean, I go I, – I agree, but I will play, like, devil's advocate and say at some point – you know what I was thinking? I was like, I don't understand why – well, first off, everyone's getting tested, which that's why our numbers are going up. That's just like common sense. Totally. Hello. I mean, everyone's right. like, what's happening? Oh, my God. Everyone's getting tested. That's why. 
But right. to me, it's like I don't know why we're not testing everywhere and then figuring out who has the antibodies and that's great. And if you have the antibodies, maybe you'll get it. But if you know how science works, like when you have the antibodies, your body usually can like fight it off. You get acclimated. You're okay. Like it just – it's like a whole thing and I feel like no one's truly under, like using science and understanding. We're just all hiding in like a cave and just – well and so, like. Thank you for telling me that, you know, 50,000 people tested positive yesterday, but why don't you also give the death toll number, which is like zero? Yeah. Why don't you also give the number that like people are recovering? Like Or like how many are in the ICU? Like, I love how the media gives one number and they're like, this is it. And I'm like, no, you guys are so stupid. <laughs> I know. But then you have like f-ing governors like mine. Who's like mm, the rise? It's on the rise in Colorado, so we're shutting everything down again. I know, like that's the way. I know it's. And I, like, I don't know what's happening. So the people that bitch about a face mask, I'm like, hey, if that keeps us from testing more people, yeah. then wear a f-ing face mask so we can keep going to stores because yeah. I don't want to online shop anymore. I know. Okay? I'm sick. Like, I'm sick of it I'm too. Sick of it. When yeah. I become not pregnant, for me, it's gonna like totally change my perspective totally again. Changed. Like. I'm very, I'm a little more protective right now being pregnant and being quote unquote high risk. But after like, I know so many people, you guys that, and some people may be like, oh my gosh, how dare they even say this? But they're like, I, like, I want it. Like I know someone whose wife had it, by the way, this is an interesting story. He, his wife had it and all her only symptom was back pain and a headache. And then wow. she had like a tiny fever and she's like, okay, well, maybe I'll just get tested. That was it. She felt fine two days later. They had a quarantine. He was like, I tried to do everything to get it. <laughs> Slept together, <sighs> took like Monica, like licking the cup oh on friends. Oh my gosh. And she's like, he's like everything. Right. Went, he's been tested twice, negative. So it's like, I know. are some Crazy. people immune? Right. I don't know. Right. Well, and then so like I'm in the two weeks till baby. And so my doc was like, Hey, self-isolate because if you test positive, even if you're asymptomatic, even if you're asymptomatic and you test positive for COVID prior to going in your whole pregnancy changes, like your whole delivery process, of course. Adam might not be able to join me if he tests positive. So it's like the hospital has all these rules. So even if we're asymptomatic, if we test positive, it changes the game for us. So now it's like, we have to be, we have no other choice. Like what's our other option here? Like yeah. Well, you, you remember, know, so- I mean, today's episode, you definitely have options that people don't. Yep. We have a doula on you guys, just like a quick episode because obviously we're pregnant and we're trying to like learn as much as possible. But yeah. she talks about like, for example, hospitals cannot separate. And in the link or in our information here on iTunes, you guys scroll down and you will find – we're going to try to link the um, – Form that you bring form to the hospital. That you bring to yeah. the hospital and it basically says like you cannot separate me from my baby. So yep. you have rights and we yep. want, you know, you always have rights. You just got to know yes. them. Don't be afraid to fight for them. So that's what we're talking about. So yeah, that's awesome. But it's just, yeah, this whole thing. I'm like, I'm so ready for this to be over. I know, me too. Like, I'm like Trump. Can I be with Trump? I think it's just going to disappear someday. Like, let's just hope it disappears. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be disappear after the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. November 1. <laughs> and then no one will care anymore. Ten that's what I said. But know. you know me. I'm a conservative. Everyone knows I it. I love conser- those conspiracy theories. You know. You know it. Um, <laughs> we are excited. Are we going to share – well, I guess we can share about that later. So I won't, like, dive in. 
I don't, I don't know what you're quite talking about over there, Whitney. Just what we talked about before, like maybe what TGL is going to kind of morph into because we have so much going on in our life. And potentially when this episode is airing, it may have already morphed. It may have already morphed. So maybe we should just talk about it because everyone's like, what's happening? I don't know. We're just trying to be those really fun people on Instagram and Facebook that are like, I have really big news, but I'm not going to tell you for six months. And I'm going to kind of allude <laughs> to it for the next six months, but I'm never going to tell you about it. So please beg me and ask me. Yes, I need. Yeah. <laughs> you know those people? I like, know those people. I have a really important thing to talk to you about today, and I really want to talk to you about it, and it's really important. I want you to ask me about it, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, even if you ask me, but I'm still going to talk about it. Yeah. I know someone who does that all the time. I think you know who it is, and I'm just like, eventually no one's going to care. Yeah. Um, So we want you to care. So we're transitioning PGL, not fully transitioning, but adding a different way that we kind of do podcasts. Yeah. We're going to try doing five to 10 minute, like, bursts. Basically, TGL bursts. And yeah. it's it's going to be really – I think it's going to be really fun because it's basically focused solely on, like, pop culture. Yeah. And we will have guests sprinkled in and out, but this is something we've kind of been thinking about, talking about. We love pop culture, and we know what you guys kind of gravitate to just based off of listens. Where you so, listen. Yeah. So <laughs> – we're going to try it out, and we hope you like it. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm excited. And we are – our kind of our, like, goal with this is, like, we want you guys to know our opinions because we want you guys to get to know us better. So we're going to pick them apart, and we're going to pick apart pop culture. We're going to pick apart political things. We're going to pick apart kind of everything that's relevant. Yeah. So we may not always talk- agree, by the way. Yeah. So Kristen totally. and I obviously, like, we're very similar in a lot of ways, but not always. So yeah. it's going to be fun, and we're not afraid to talk about some things. And I think it would be really fun if you guys have a topic that you find controversial in your life. Let us know, and we will dissect it. Yeah, because we love to dissect shit. <laughs> Can I tell you a terrible story? Yeah. Okay. So I have a friend who's an ED doc, right? Yeah. And he came home from work one night, and the only – Okay, so I'm deathly afraid of moths, if you didn't know this. And he came home from work, walked into his garage, and a moth flew in his ear, which is one of my biggest nightmares, right? So he And there's literally a moth outside my window because Colorado is having the worst moth migration in 19 years right now. Oh, my gosh. So he walks into his garage, moth flies in his ears. He walks into his house. It's 11 p.m. All his kids are sleeping. He's like, his wife you got to get a flashlight. We got to get this moth out of my ear. He's like, it's so loud. I can't even hear because the moth is in his ear canal flapping, trying to get out of his ear. So he, he's like, I don't care what you have to do. Get it out of my ear. So she goes and gets her Dyson, puts the like tool on to try to suck it out. Doesn't work. Gets a flashlight to try to get the moth to go to the light. Right. Doesn't come out. So now it's like 30 minutes. He's like, guys, I'm freaking out so bad because it's just flapping in my ear. It's so loud. I can't even hear my wife talking. I drive myself back to the ED. They have to dissect the moth <gasps> in my ear in order to get it out of my ear. No. Guys! No. Swear to God. That, that's my worst nightmare. Like, <gasps> mine's not moths. Mine's a spider in my ear. And that happens, you guys. The flapping in your ear? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, guys. So the other day I go outside and we have an umbrella on our patio and I open it and I'm plugging my ears as I'm winding it up and Adam's watching me and Quinny plugs her ears and he's like, look at what you're teaching our kid. I'm like, I don't care. 
because I'm not taking our kid to the emergency room to get a moth sucked out of her ear. So yeah. if she wants to plug her ears around moths, I'm fine with it. I know. I They're, get crap all the time. Yeah. Well, I get crap all the time because I'm terrified blankly of bees. But I'm just – I didn't mean to. But, I mean, it, it, they are scary. But ugh, any sort of bug. Guys. Welcome to just an, another day. I never see. I learn new things about you every day, Kristen. I had no idea you had a moth. Like you were terrified of moths. So, so it's because Cody's mom got a moth in her ear. How do I not know this? When did this happen? And so Cody told me this. And oh. so I've always had like slight fear. And then yeah. this emergency room doctor's story just like whew, said it. Everyone watch out for moths. Okay. Beware of the moths. That's what we have to say. Oh my gosh. So we should introduce Liz. Yeah. Let's introduce her. We have Liz on today, guys. She's a doula in Chicago. She works with the hospital group. Her life has kind of changed because of COVID, but she is here to chat with us about all the amazing benefits of a doula, what a doula is. Cause Whitney and I have, you know, we know what they are, but didn't know the full details. And she just kind of talks about your rights during labor and cool stuff like that. So we hope you enjoy chatting with Liz today. Liz, I want to dive right in because I am such like a newbie to what you do. So first things first, I want you to just kind of run us down. What is a doula? Yeah. So a doula provides continuous emotional, physical, and informational support to a woman in labor and delivery. And before labor and delivery, we provide a lot of informational support. Uh, So it's partnering with the birthing couple or person to create what I like to call birth preferences. You can make a plan, but a lot of things don't go according to plan. Uh, But really the whole idea behind that is just to learn your options. So a lot of people go into it not knowing that they have options in birthing, not knowing. And I think it's really important to find all the information out first. What, What happens if I do get a cesarean? What happens if I do need to be induced? What are my options in all of these situations? How can I be the best prepared? Because when you are educated on it, you feel so much more empowered and informed. Um, So it's really working with the couple beforehand and then during providing emotional comfort. We're trained to look for the different signs of labor, the different signs of things that you may be going through mentally. Um, There's a big shift between um, early labor and active labor and transition and the end. And so we know how to meet you where you're at. And then physical comfort, we learn a lot of birthing positions, techniques, ways to help alleviate pain for you uh, throughout the entire process. So that is a nutshell of what doulas do. We are non-clinical, which that's where a lot of people are like, oh, so you deliver babies. And it's like, I do not deliver babies. Uh, We're a non-clinical, basically helper. Uh, The word doula means woman's helper. So we are just there to be there continuously because your doctors, nurses, midwives cannot be. They have other patients, other things to do. So we're going to be that person with you or with you and your partner the entire time. That's it's you're basically like a health advocate. Like, I mean, you're helping. I don't I had no idea what to expect going into my first pregnancy. But I love that you guys are there to just like give information. And because I even know as a nurse, like you can't 
you can't give you can't think of all the questions when you're in the office right away and then like your nurse might might not call you back your doctor might not call you back like it can kind of be a disaster so I love that you are just all about kind of advocacy and empowerment that's like I don't know that's a thing on TGL for us we (laughs) we're always talking about you know really empowering yourself by gaining more knowledge so um what do you love about being a doula Oh man, so much. <laughs> I feel like it was one of those things where I'm that person that pursued a lot of different things and had a lot of different passions. And then when I really like dove into being a doula, I really found my passion because I love helping women. And I, it's so the United States, we have a, we're actually in a birth crisis. We have a very high maternal death rate compared to other high income nations. And there's a lot of things in the healthcare system that aren't there to have your back necessarily. I don't think it's there to intentionally harm you at all. Uh, but I love being able to partner with people so that they feel empowered. That's the biggest thing is when somebody's like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was an option. I didn't know that this was normal. Like even now, every birth that I go to, almost every single time at some point, either the partner or the mama looks at me with this look in their eyes of like, wait, is this normal? Is this supposed to be happening? And just like being there for them and saying, this is completely normal and you got this. Uh, And then of course, one of my favorite parts is the babies. I cry at every single birth. So I'm just (laughs) like, don't, I'm going to ball. It's okay. (laughs) So we're in the process of you know, pregnancy, do you come in? Uh, it's everybody's different. So I've had people hire me early on in pregnancy, but it's usually sometime in the second, late, late second trimester, uh, that people start to really think about their birth plan or, you know, you always have friends or relatives or people be like, I did it this way. I did it that way. And you're like, you know, you're kind of like, wait, what should I do? Uh, you get a lot of unsolicited advice for sure. Um, but it's usually around that time that people start maybe hearing about it or looking into it. Um, so, I mean, I've had somebody hire me a week before they (laughs) gave birth, Wow, which was a crazy situation, but, um, and then if it's usually a repeat client they're they text me right when they get pregnant, they're like, Hey, we're doing this again, you know? <laughs> yeah. A quick, I'm kind of a selfish question. Cause I don't know. Do you primarily work with vaginal deliveries or you also C-section? Also C-section. So, uh, there's a few misconceptions too, with doulas when it comes to either epidural or C-section. A lot of people think, um, if they're going to have a medicated birth, there's really not a need for a C-section there. But research shows that with an epidural, it can slow down labor. And when you have doulas present in general, your labors are actually shorter because we still can keep you moving with an epidural. Uh, Of course, we're confined to the bed because otherwise it'd be a huge hazard to have you walking around. But we're trained to know positions to work with you in the bed, to keep you rotating, to keep you moving. and even some modified all four positions, things like that, to keep baby getting into that optimal position. Uh, so, and then of course, there's still the emotional support uh, along with that as well. 
and there could be potential side effects. A lot of people, when they get an epidural, maybe their blood pressure drops or things like that. So we're there to help comfort them um, and let them know, hey, this is normal. We'll get the anesthesiologist in to fix things, you know, not to worry. Uh, and then with the C-section, uh, I did have a birth that was a plan. It ended up being a planned C-section due to a breach baby. Uh, and I met her at the hospital and she had a lot of anxiety going in and I was there um, talking with her. And then I was there in the recovery uh, waiting. And that's also a time where we can initiate skin to skin with the partner while mom's recovering, make sure, do you need anything? Is there anything I can get for you? Most hospitals don't allow you into a C-section. Uh, they maybe would if partner's not going to go in, they'll allow like one person. Uh, but I've also been at a lot of labors that we did a lot of different things. And for various reasons, they ended up in a C-section. So at that point, it is a lot of the emotional support and still reminding them that they still have options in a C-section. Yeah. It's very rarely that it's like, we got to get this out right now, life or death situation. And that it's like, go, <laughs> you know, yeah. like right. let's not think about options right now. Like do what you need to do. Sure. But there's times where it's like, Hey, like we really need to start having this conversation about having a cesarean and that's hard for a lot of people. If that wasn't something that you mentally prepared for, and now all of a sudden you're thinking that your body's failed you, that's where I'm there to be like, no, <laughs> you know, your body has not failed you and we're going to get through this. So there is, and, and dad or partners usually scared too. They're like, okay, I'm going to be in there and they're going to cut my partner open. Like, what am I going to, you know, so there's still the emotional side and then helping with recovery and, uh, even breastfeeding and things like that as well. So you kind of mentioned when you jumped in at the beginning that you're the emotional support kind of through the whole process. So what does it look like post? How long do you stick around with mama post baby? Is it just the, you know, the day that she's in the hospital or does it carry through, you know, fourth trimester? Yeah. So that's a good question. So after the baby comes out, um, I usually only stick around for a couple of hours. Uh, a lot of times it gets to this point where you feel like a third wheel and it's weird. And you're like, okay, my job's done. You guys are doing some family bonding. Everyone's good. I'm going to go. Um, but I, I'm always available. Text me or call me. Um, but usually when you're at the hospital, you have the nurses, you have the doctors there. And again, I don't do anything medical. So usually after it's going to be a medical question you have. So I'd be like, you need to talk to your provider about it. Um, and then there's usually a follow-up uh, within the next week to make sure everything's going okay. And that's kind of based on your schedule. Uh, sometimes people want a few days just to whatever. Sometimes they want to see you the next day. Um, Sometimes they have family coming and going and they're like, we'll just come by next week. If I need anything sooner, I'll let you know. And that's really where a birth doula kind of ends. And then there's a postpartum doula that you can hire who actually comes to your home and uh, helps you additionally. And I know there's a lot of doulas who do birth and postpartum, uh, but for the most part, it's usually just a couple of postpartum visits, appointments. And of course, if anybody ever texts or calls or like needs any information or resources, 
we're going to be available for that. Right. How has um, your job changed since COVID? It's changed a lot. (laughs) Um, I haven't been to a birth since Uh, mid-March. So I actually currently am employed by a hospital here, uh, which is rare. A lot of hospitals don't hire doulas, but I got um, hired as a part of this amazing doula program here. And I was actually the very last one allowed at a birth. And it was mid-March. And in the morning, they were changing the policy to just one support person. So you could either have a doula or your partner present. Um, but starting next week, we're allowed back in. So every hospital is different. Um, so the only, I mean, how it's changed for me is I've just been on call for virtual support, which a couple people have used. Um, I've been FaceTimed during a birth and um, kind of helped walk a couple through a few things, but it's definitely different. I'm missing it a lot. I had busy months in January, February, and beginning of March. And then I'm like, oh man, I'm like, I'm ready to do more births. But it's also changed because you realize how advocating for your rights in birth is so important. Like you saw like what happened with people in New York in the beginning, they were making them birth alone, which is not okay. Uh, that's very traumatic. And so even now I tell people there's a form that you can find, um, that you can sign and bring with you that says you cannot separate me from my baby. Uh, even if I am COVID positive, because there's been a lot of research that shows that breast milk carries antibodies. Like you still want to maybe wear a mask and wash your hands as much as possible and maybe not kiss your baby as much, you know, but, um, there's still, so many more benefits of keeping your baby with you and, um, and having that relationship. Like, obviously if there's, you're positive, your baby's positive, um, you know, there, you have a lot more to take into consideration there, but knowing your rights in birth and knowing that, um, that, that you do have options. I feel like that's changed because I've just constantly been researching and trying to put information out there so people know that also too you can change hospitals you don't like your hospital policy change you don't yeah. like your provider change that's yeah, fine absolutely. we need this I form by the way Kristen's <laughs> like I'm delivering this week like I don't and I we need this form so yeah I just actually talked to my doctor on Tuesday and I was like what's the new policy because now I'm going weekly and you know things change every day and she's like the hospital is no longer separating babies, but we pull you out of mom baby. So you and baby now get separated if you are COVID positive. And so it's just such an interesting dynamic. And I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head is, and Whitney and I kind of talked about this in our podcast last week is it's intimidating when you're there and you're in the middle of it. And I told, we talked about this last week, but I was in labor for 25 hours and at hour 24, they started trying to push me into a C-section instead of pushing. And my mother-in-law, who's a nurse, thank God, was in there kind of advocating for me. Like I would imagine a doula would like, no, you're good. You can push. Like it's almost, she's almost here. And I did. And I pushed for a half hour and she was here instead of, but it's intimidating when you're laying there and you're expecting your provider to kind of make decisions for you when you are uninformed. And so I think that's such a cool that you're just constantly reminding people is like, you have options, you have options in COVID, you have options outside of COVID, like 
and to be really aware that you can make those decisions. And I think like what you just said with switching hospitals, a lot of people don't even think about that because they're like, well, no, my birth plan is here. Why would I ever think about going somewhere else? But if it's not doing what you want, like this is a big deal. You should feel comfortable. Make a change, like be be ballsy and like just go for it. You know, I know I always tell Whitney, I wish I had her like balls <laughs> ultimately to, yeah, to just like make those decisions. Cause it's yeah. hard when you're looking at nurses and doctors who have your best interest at heart, but bad decisions for you, but you know, right. But well, there's also though. So like I said, I don't think any doctors or nurses out there are intentionally trying to hurt anyone. Um, but right. when it comes to providers and things like that, um, so if you guys haven't checked out evidence-based birth, it's an amazing website, but it shows that when they gather new data on things, it takes 15 to 20 years for that research to actually be put into practice by the providers. So wow. you see things like the research on delayed cord clamping. I remember when I was practicing as a doula in Vegas seven years ago, not one doctor would do it. Like it was something that they're like, oh, there's not enough research on this. We're not going to do it. And now I finally see people in hospitals here in Chicago doing it. But that research has been out forever. And it takes a long time for the data that there's been all these studies and data and research to actually reach the provider. So it's okay for you to eat and drink during labor. It's okay to, it's really beneficial to move around and they've done all these studies, but you still have a lot of people who are old school. So I can't ask you to not eat or drink for 24 hours when you're running two marathons and then expect you to have the energy to push out a baby. Like that's insane. You need rest. You're going to need an epidural. You might end up in a C-section because you have nothing left mm-hmm. and that's not how you were meant to birth. Yeah. Right. So, so much to know, so much, there's so much, you know, when, when, whether you're having a vaginal or a C-section. So we're really Mm -hmm. grateful that you came on to like, just kind of give us a little bit more insight, feel empowered. We definitely need these like COVID signature forms. Yeah. You're not going to take my baby. I'll email them to you. Yes. And (laughs) tell us where our listeners can find you, where you are on social so that they can find you if they want to. Yeah, uh, you can find me at E Sandoz on Instagram. Uh, and then I also have a podcast called Miraculous Mamas that we talk about all of that kind of stuff. Um, I'm doing a couple of months, so I'm having a lot of those types of conversations on there with options and um, education as well. So, and then there's. Um, yeah, the Miraculous Mamas community, then Instagram or MiraculousMamas.com. I have a pregnancy blog up there as well. Well, Liz, thank you for joining us today and teaching our listeners a little bit more about what you do. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me.